Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Welcome, everyone. It is Sunday, July the 17th, 2022. It is currently 5 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. And can you feel that? Can you? No, no, I'm not talking about the fact that it's 103 degrees outside. I'm not asking you if you can feel that. I'm not asking you if you can feel the fact that tomorrow here in West Texas, it's supposed to be 108 degrees. No, 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 no. I'm not asking you if you can feel that. I'm asking, can you feel it? It's a brand new week of Bible study. Are you excited? It's a brand new week. We just, in a sense, not maybe completely, but at least in a sense, we have completed our six weeks of study on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. We have discussed so many things, lots of controversial issues. I can't say we came to a lot of, you know, easy answers, but we definitely weren't afraid of the hard questions. But we have to kind of say, all right, we've This is what we've done this time on our work on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. We will set that aside, and now we have a new week, a new course set before us of Bible study, and we are going to begin that new study starting right now with kind of an introduction, but I need to help you understand something here. We're going to do something I don't know how well this is going to work. I, I don't, th- I think this will be, hopefully this is going to be fun. All right. Because everyone just did, I mean, some people are still working on the topical method of Bible study on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not going to try to give any major assignments here, but I am going to try to give you some things to do. All right. So if you didn't participate in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit or you finished doing that work, hopefully I can give you some things this week that will get you in the Word of God. Remember, the goal of the Bible study exercise series is to actually get you to do something, not just to listen, to actually get you to participate, all right? So you can you can put away that notebook on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. You need a new notebook, a new notebook for a new week of study, all right? Does that, does that sound good? Are you ready? So we're going to kind of outline where we're going And then we're going to really dig into what we're going to do this week. But let me help you understand something, right? Now, I don't know if you're familiar with electionary, all right? Now, there are some churches, usually liturgical churches, that utilize a lectionary. You have maybe the, you have got the three-year lectionary, the one-year lectionary, the three-year lectionary, the one-year lectionary. I guess it really depends on which lectionary you're using based on which church. But I'll just use, say, the Roman Catholic one. You have a weekday lectionary, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday lectionary. And then you have your Sunday lectionary. Typically, on your weekday lectionary, you have an Old Testament reading, a gospel reading, and there is a psalm, all right? So you have, and which is not always classified as an actual reading, okay, but that's okay. You have an Old Testament, a psalm, and a gospel, all right? That's typically how it works on the weekday, okay? Now, now special days, special feast days, that can change, but that's basically where on the Sunday, you usually have four readings. You have a gospel, or you have an Old Testament reading, you have a psalm, you have an epistle, and you have a gospel, all right? So in many cases, you have four readings. Now, there's different lectionaries with different ways. Now, 
uh, when I was a Lutheran, I used to love the lectionary. I, we, I took my church. We spent an entire year following the Catholic lectionary. Of course, we left off any, any readings from the Apocrypha, but we, we, we followed the, the lectionary and that's what I used for my preaching. And it, it was a challenge, but it was fun in this way because what I would try to do with everyone is like, okay, here's the readings for this Sunday. Or here's the readings for this Wednesday night, whatever the case may be. And then I would say, all right, we've got an Old Testament reading. We got a gospel reading. We have whatever we have to do, whatever, how many readings we're looking at for that particular lectionary. And then what I would say is, okay, guys, here we go. All right. How do these fit together? How do these fit together? Is there a common theme? Is there a connection? Now, what we don't want to do is we don't want to try to force a connection where there isn't a connection. We don't want to read a connection where there isn't. But sometimes it was very interesting because you'd be like, okay, whenever this lectionary was put together, there had to be a reason. They chose that reading and that reading and that reading because they seemed to fit together in some way, shape, or form. So it was always fun to try to determine if there was a connection or stay away from reading a connection into it. Well, we're going to play that game this week because we're going to have an Old Testament reading and we're going to have a New Testament reading or a gospel reading. And I, I'm just going to kind of, I'm not going to tell you, but I want you to, I'm going to give you both. And I want you to spend time with both this week and just see, is there a similarity here? Is there, is there something that we should see in this? Is there, is there a connection? Now, I don't want you to, I don't want you to force a connection. If you don't see a connection, that's okay. If you think there's a connection, then I want you to be able to explain that. All right. But I want you to at least give you that kind of idea of where we are going. So are you ready? Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Now, remember, if you're new, there's curriculum. It is available to you. All you have to do is email me newsif at yahoo.com newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Say you would like access to the curriculum. I will send you the link. It is free. Now, uh, I have asked people who have already signed up for the curriculum, if you still want to use it, let me know. I haven't heard back from a lot of people. So, um, you know, I don't want to start deleting people, but at the same time, I don't want to pay extra so that more people have access to the curriculum if the previous people have stopped using it. That would seem like a waste of money, okay? And so it costs us money to provide the curriculum. It's not like just free for us. We have to pay. Now, some people who uh, listen to the program, they give money to help pay for it, but I don't want their money paying for people who signed up for the curriculum who stopped using it six months ago. Okay. So we're, we're going to, I'm, uh, so this is that time where if you still want to use the curriculum, all you got to do is just send me an email going, still using it. Thank you. That's all you got to do. And no problem. If I don't hear, and, and if you get removed from it, don't get mad because I have to try to maintain the people actually using the curriculum so that the money goes, I mean, look, if we need to pay I, I don't care. As, as long as we have the money, I'll keep upping the subscription till I can get the whole world a spot, okay? If, if, if everyone wants one, but I don't want to be paying for curriculum that goes to waste. And I look, I had the same mentality, not just for doing the online curriculum, for people in my church, when we would hand out devotionals. At some point, I'm like, I don't think anybody's using these things. If you're not using them, I'm going to stop handing them out, okay? I'm, I'm very, very picky about that because I believe the money that goes to ministry needs to actually go to ministering to people, 
not just providing, I, I hate to say it, all kinds of resources, and I'm going to specifically pick on Americans, to American Christians who in many cases take them for granted. They're like, yeah, I'll use it. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't really care. Well, it costs money, okay? So that so if you use the curriculum, let me know. If you don't, that's okay. It's it's not like you know you're going to be like, why did you stop using it? It's just be like, okay, thank you, and then I'll remove remove you, and then we'll try to find someone else out there who wants it. Now, if you want a spot, just email me. Again, it's free to you. You're not going to get an email asking you for any money. Um, we're just thankful that there are some people who help us out so that we can provide curriculum for people all around the country. And and, and, far, and I think there's been people even outside of the United States of America who can access the curriculum. And so we're just grateful we can provide curriculum to anyone who wants it and anyone who can use it because we want to provide, well, we want to get people actually studying the Bible. I believe that is the greatest need in the church today is actually getting stu- Christians studying the Bible and stop being distracted by culture wars and politics. All right. So, all right. Are you ready? So I'm going to go to the curriculum. This is going to be a very, if you don't use the curriculum, you're still going to be able to participate, but at least at the beginning here, it's going to be curriculum focused. All right. Now, You'll notice when you sign into the curriculum that you have two now different curriculums. You have the Bible study for life and you have the explore the Bible. Two different ones. You're going to be, even if you don't use both of the, even if you don't look at the curriculum, we're going to be using both curriculums to put the two scriptures that we're supposed to study this week together. And your job is to figure out, is there a connection here? I just think it's interesting that these two passages of scripture are for the same week of study. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it's going to be fun for you to tell me what you think. All right. So let's go to unit two, session one, unit two, session one for Bible studies for life. I'm going to click on it. All right. And I'm going to go to the adult personal study guide. And for those who have access, you can already be looking at it. All right. The first thing we see here is introduction. And then it's a picture of a neighborhood, right? It's a residential neighborhood with all these houses. Keep that in mind. Neighborhood. We're going to be talking about neighbors this week. All right. You'll see why. All right. Then it goes on to say, uh, well, I'm just going to skip what it says here, all right? I'm going to skip what it says here. And it immediately jumps in. It doesn't tell us where we're going, but it just gives us the study for this week. The study for this week. I'm not going to read anything else in the curriculum because I'll start analyzing pictures and I'll, yeah, it'll turn into an entire 10-hour study right here. We'll, we'll do that this week. For now, this is all about introduction. So your first passage of scripture for this week, you're going to get two passages of scripture this week. But this week, your first passage of scripture that I want you to live with for the entire week. This is not something you're supposed to look at in one hour and say, oh, I'm done. No, you have to live with the passage. I cannot stress this enough in Bible study. It's taking a passage of scripture and living in it, living with it for a period of time. It's not about how many passages you can study in a seven-day period. It's about taking one passage and living, drinking it in, feeding upon it, meditating on it, so that the scripture, in a sense, is translated, 
listen, from the page into your mind, into your heart. So it becomes a part of you. Think of it this way, all right? I don't know if this will work, maybe. I, I relate everything to music. You can just go from album to album to album, clicking through a song, clicking through a song, and you and you may find one song. But it's really different when you take an album and you live with that album for like a month or two months. And you listen to it two, three, four times a day. You just live with it, live with it. And sooner or later, 10 years later, that album will like be a part of your life. Like you lived with that album so long that if you hear any song from it, you're like, oh, I remember when I was, I remember where I heard that. I remember where I heard that because you lived with it. You gave it time to become a part of you. Or you can just kind of skip around, skip around. It, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same meaning. Same with scripture. You can read it. Look at it quickly and move on, but it's when you spend the time with it. It's not how many passages you study. It's how many become a part of you. Think of it this way, and you should write this down. It's not how many passages of Scripture you study. It's how many passages of Scripture study you. It's one thing when you're studying the scripture, it's another thing when you realize now the scripture in a sense is studying you, exposing you, teaching you, changing you, changing your thinking. It's when 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 you're studying it, you're keeping it at arm's length. You're looking at it, you're reading it. But man, it's so different when next thing you know you realize and you wake up one day and you're like, "Wait, I think the scripture's studying me." I think the scripture is opening my eyes to me. It's revealing me. That takes time. That takes living with it. So for the next seven days, your life is going to be connected to two passages of scripture until by the end of the week, I want them to be built into you. And you're like, how do I make that happen? You need to be reading it constantly, day in, every day. When you wake up, you read the two passages of Scripture. At lunch, read the two passages of Scripture. When you're taking a break, read the two passages of Scripture. When you go to bed, get an audio, uh, get the, the audio for the two passages of Scripture and just listen to them over and over and over. Whatever you have to do until they start studying you. All right, so are you ready? Here's the first one. Luke chapter 10. I'm already ready to go to the Old Testament one because the Old Testament one is interesting. Well, both of them are interesting, but you'll see. All right, Luke chapter 10. So the gospel one is Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Luke 10, 25. Now I know, oh man. Mm, okay, all right. Well, do I have, I don't have a warning. Do I have a warning sign? I don't have a war, warning sign. The best I can do is this. Does the lightning signify warning? I don't know. Warning, warning, warning. Okay, there is a warning right here, okay? Warning. What we're about to do is dangerous because as soon as I say which passage of scripture it is, someone's gonna be like, whatever, I'm not gonna, why am I gonna listen to that? I'm not even gonna participate this week. Everyone knows, you're, you're even though you don't say it this arrogant, inside of you, there's going to be like, I already know that, shrug the shoulder, nothing more to see there. I'm going to go, I'm going to go find another podcast to listen to that'll be more interesting. 
Man, whenever you find yourself doing that, that's usually a spiritual warning sign that maybe you should stop what you're doing and spend some time with that passage because it's showing spiritual arrogance. And I say that as someone who has graduated from so many different Bible colleges, so many different Bible institutes, so many different seminaries. I don't care how many schools I went to. The minute I ever thought, you know what, I've got this, was the moment I realized spiritually that I'm in trouble. Whenever I sit down to listen to a sermon, I'm like, oh, I know that passage. That that tells me I need to listen to that sermon because it's showing spiritual arrogance. Right, but here we go. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? Verse 27, this is Luke 10. And he, and he answering said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. Oh, 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 that's some good stuff right there. Woo, I got to stop myself from preaching right now. That is some good stuff right there. Okay, if you got to spend some time thinking about that this week, that is just, oh man, there's some good stuff going on. But I love the next one. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? I want you to write that down. Who is my neighbor? I want you to write that down everywhere this week. On your refrigerator, I want you to put it on your on, on your car windshield. Who is my neighbor? I want you to see a sticky everywhere you go. Put it at work. Every, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Who is mine? I want you asking yourself that question all week. Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And no, 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 no. I know some of you, I already know the answer. I went to Sunday school. I don't want your church answer. I want you to ask that question, who is my neighbor? And I want you to ask yourself, who do you really believe is your neighbor? I want you to ask yourself, who do you really believe is your neighbor? And what is your responsibility to that neighbor? You want to get really personal? Someone moves into your neighborhood. Actual physical neighbor. They live in the house next door. You find out they're on the sex offender list because that person had committed some sexual crime against a child. Your neighbor? Do you have a responsibility to that neighbor? Just got very quiet. Now, part of the reason it got quiet is because I'm in a room by myself, but I bet you if I was sitting in church, you see the moving truck next door. 
you go, oh, 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 a new, a new, a new family's moving in, a new family's moving in. And you walk in over and you introduce yourself and you're like, hey, how are you doing, sir? Oh, doing great. Oh, you're new to the neighborhood? Oh, wonderful. Your family moving in? Yes. This is our daughter. Oh, okay. Oh, where's your wife? Oh, no, my husband. And it's a homosexual couple who have adopted a little girl. They're your neighbor. Do you truly see them as your neighbor? Come on now. See, you can give me the church answer. Who is my neighbor? And you can give me the right answer. But no, who do you really see as your neighbor? And what is your responsibility to that neighbor? Now, in this particular case, this person is asking, who is my neighbor to justify himself? Because, hey, if I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself... I need to limit the number of people who is my neighbor. I mean, that makes, I mean, I love the, I love this because he's like, what must I do to inherit eternal life? All right. Love God and love my neighbor. Okay. All right. Do that and live. Okay, great. Okay. Whoa. Immediately he starts thinking, okay, for, okay. He doesn't even think about loving God. He starts making, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, if I got to love my neighbor. Okay. I need to limit the number of people who would be classified as a neighbor because the fewer people to love, the greater chance I can do so. <laughs> but if, if that number is far greater, my chances of actually loving them become very, 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 very slim. And Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He was like, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm not going to help this guy. Now, I know you're going to say, well, that's really bad. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I think there's probably lots of times you've passed over on the other side, haven't you? because they make you uncomfortable or there's something, right? Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Please note, when a Samaritan saw it, he's like, he didn't pass to the other side. He didn't go, well, why did you end up here? Why did you end up in trouble? I bet you did it to yourself. No, no, no. He doesn't question anything. He has compassion on him. And he went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, set him on his own beast, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him. Whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was a neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? He said, he that showed mercy. And he said, go and do thou likewise. See, the neighbor wasn't a person just because of their close proximity to your house. It seems to be the neighbor is defined as anyone who has a need 
and you show your responsibility to that neighbor by a self-sacrificing service and care and compassion to that person. Mm. All right. There's Luke 10, 25 to 37. Live with it this week. But wait, 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 wait. Let's go back to the curriculum. If I can get back to the curriculum. That's unit two, session one. Who is your neighbor? You don't even have to read the curriculum. You just live in Luke chapter 10. I want you to just live with it. Luke chapter 10, 25 to 37. You live in, I want you to live with every word. I want, look, you live with it until you're not studying it. It's studying you. And I want you to write down who is my neighbor and what is my responsibility to that neighbor. Session eight is the other curriculum for Bible for Explore the Bible. And the text is 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. This is the other passage you will live with this week. Live with it. Luke 10, 2 Kings 5. You will live in these passages. Live with them, not until you stop studying them and they start studying you. Here we go. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. Now name it. Captain of the host of the king of Syria was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. Hmm. Sounds like we have another individual with a problem here, right? It's a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of leprosy. Samaria? Luke 10? Am I missing something? The Samaritan? Samaria? Samaritan? Is there, is there a connection? Is there a connection? Well, obviously, you're going to be working on that this week, right? So I don't want to give too much away. I'm not going to be giving you specific things to look for. I'm going to be giving you the opportunity to live with these passages until you start asking the right questions. But I find it interesting, right? Okay. Hey, so, and she said under mist, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of leprosy. And he went in and told his Lord, saying, and one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now, when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman, 
my servant to thee, for thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, am I God to kill and to make alive that this man doth sin unto me to recover a man of leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. When he gets this, he's like, wait a minute, this guy's trying to set me up. I can't fix this. And when I can't fix this, he's going to get mad. Uh, This guy's trying to start a war. Verse eight. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horse, horses and his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent messengers unto him, saying, Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and he went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Parfar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them to be clean? So he turned and went away in rage." The story's got lots of elements to it. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? Then he went, then went he down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, and according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto flesh of a little child, and he was clean. All right. Two text. 2 Kings chapter 5 verses 1 through 14 and Luke 10 25 to 37. Those are the texts you're going to live with this week. Luke 10 25 to 37. 2 Kings 5, 1 through 14. You are to live in these passages. Live, breathe them, feed upon them until you stop studying them and they start studying you. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a piece of paper. I want you to start at the top of the page, right in the middle, and draw a line from the top to the bottom, right in the middle, dividing the paper into two parts. On one part, Write down 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. On the other part, write Luke 10. Um, I keep forgetting the reference. I'm sorry. Luke, I, I, I want to say 27. Luke, no, 10, 25 to 37. Luke 10, 25 to 37. Write the references at the top. Then I simply want you to write out, just kind of write out the basic, the details. Here are the details in 2 Kings 5, 1 through 14. Here are the, the, basic, the, the basic elements of what happened in Luke 10. I want you to write down, make sure it's, make sure you are, it's comprehensive. You, you really just outline basically everything. You're not trying to interpret it. It's just basic observational exercise. Okay, here's what happens in 2 Kings. Here's what happened in Luke 10. Because I want you to just write it out. Very brief, succinct statements, right? Here, and you can write down the verse next to it. Here's number one, number two, number three. Just write it out. Very nice. So that you can see, you can just look at your page and go, that's what happened in Kings. That's what happened in Luke. 
Then underneath that, right, I want you to write, this will get a little confusing, on the one side, say the second king's side, I want you to write down what it has in common with the Luke passage. And then on the other side of the page where you have the Luke passage, I want you to write down what that has in common with the second king's passage. So first, you're just going to write on one side of the page, 2 Kings 5, 1 through 14, and on the other page, Luke 10, 25 to 37, right? Just, just give the reference there. Then underneath it, you just list everything that happens. Boom, 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 boom. Very comprehensive, just very short statements. Put the verse next to it. There, 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 there. Okay, boom, you're done. Now, you may have to go to the, you may have to, you may have to use another piece of paper to do the next part. On the next part, where you have 2 Kings 5, 1 through 14, just write down what it has in common. What is the similarities with the Luke passage? Okay. What, you have someone who, well, they, they have a need. This one has leper. The other one was, had been fallen under thieves and was hurt and was injured. So both of them have a great need. Okay. Go, just go through the similarities. Go through the similar. So 2 Kings, the similarities that it has with the Luke passage. Then on the other side of the page with the Luke passage, write down everything it has in common with the 2 Kings passage, right? You write down what it's in common. And then next you just write down what is different. What is different about the 2 Kings passage and what is different about the Luke passage. That's all you don't have to interpret anything, right? So you're just writing down first everything that happens in 2 Kings 5, 1 through 14. On the other side, everything that happens in Luke 10, 25 to 37. Then you're writing down on the, on the 2 Kings side, everything that story has in common with the Luke passage. And then on the Luke side of the page, you write down everything it has in common with the 2 Kings passage, just what it has in common. You're not interpreting it. Then you write down everything that they have in, everything that is different about them. And that's all I want you to do, because you're going to either, at that point, you're going to be like, whoa, this is interesting. I think there's some correlation here that there's some, there's some overlap with some lessons, or you may think, nope, they don't have anything in common. You can look for yourself. Now, I would ask if, if there's any questions, but no one has posted anything in the chat. So either A, nobody's listening live which sometimes happens when you do as many live broadcasts as I do in a day. I mean, this is what our number, this is what our number four of live broadcasting today. All right. So when you do as many live broadcasts as I do, not everyone's going to listen to every single one. But if you, if you are not listening live, if you have a question, when you hear this, email me newsif at yahoo.com newsif at yahoo.com and say, wait, I'm confused. And I'll be like, too late. No, I won't do that. I'll be, I won't, I'll be, I'm like, you're not my neighbor. I don't have any responsibility to you. Stop emailing me. No, I won't do that. Okay. No, we will talk about it and we will try to figure out what you don't understand. And I will try to help you. New week of Bible study. You're going to become very well acquainted. Now, look, here's the thing. You can just blow this off and do whatever you want. And that's what most Christians do. When you give them something to do, they don't do it because they just want everyone else to do the study for them. But Bible study is you getting involved. So this week, you're going to live with, look, even if you don't do anything, at least you can spend all week reading these two passages of scripture. Everyone can do that, right? Luke 10, 25 to 37, 2 Kings 5, 1 through 14. 
Now, I've given you some assignments to do. They're not hard. You don't have to do any interpretation. You, this is just reading and writing, reading and writing, reading and writing. It's just observation, observation, observation. And why do I want you to do all the observation? Because Bible study is 99.9%. In fact, I will just go far and say Bible study is 100% observation. I don't think interpretation has anything to do with Bible study. Bible study is all your interpretation. Once the Bible study is complete, then you kind of move over to hermeneutics and an interpretation because you can't interpret anything until you have observed it. Everybody just wants to read and argue. They don't ever want to do the work required to actually do the study, but that's a whole different story. You don't need the curriculum, right? In fact, I don't even want you looking at the curriculum at the first part of this, right? We will work through the curriculum together. We will. I don't want you even looking at the curriculum right now. What I want you to do is just look at the text, Luke 10, 25 to 37, and 2 Kings 5, 1 through 14. Oh, it's killing me not to say any. It's, not, it's killing me not to do this. Those two passages are absolute gold. Oh, man, there's so much in them. I mean, oh, I want to do a marathon and just start around midnight and go to six in the morning talking about them. I don't think anybody would be listening for those six hours. Oh, there's so much here. We just hit, we just hit the jackpot. It's just like we went to Vegas not that I endorse gambling, but you walk to the slot machine, you just put in like 25 cents, boom. I don't know what's how it comes, but obviously I don't know anything about slots. I don't know, $5, a dollar, whatever you put in a slot machine, you pulled the lever and boom, you just hit a million dollars. You just got a million dollar jackpot of, of scriptural gold this week to meditate on. Don't waste it. What a lot of Christians do is it's like they just pulled the lever. They just got a million dollars in scriptural gold. And they're like, and, I, and I've got my Bible in hand. They toss it to the side and like, nah, I'm not going to do anything this week. I don't want to read. I don't want to work. I don't want to study. I don't want to do anything. Well, you, you can leave the million dollars on the floor. I'm coming up behind you with a bucket and I'm going to, well, it would probably take more than a bucket. I'm going to pick it all up and I'm going to walk away with it because this is some good stuff. I hope you I hope you're at least a little bit excited. Luke 10, 25 to 37, 2 Kings 5, 1 through 14. Do, do we have something in common here? Do we? All right. That, that, I hate that sound. See, say I want to be in front of a group of people and they're like, ooh, yeah, this is go. Oh, yeah, this is what this is what I want happening right now. I want everyone in the church standing up doing this. That's what I want. I, I don't think it's happening. I don't. I don't even know if I'm getting the golf clap. But that's some good stuff. So welcome to a new week of Bible study. Welcome to your new roommates for the next week. Luke 10, 25 to 37, 2 Kings 5, 1 through 14. You're going to spend so much time with them that you're going to stop studying them. And they're going to start studying you. All right. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. All right. I don't go, go, go. Start reading. Start studying. Start talking about it. 
Let's discuss it. Let's have a good week of Bible study. And may God bless you as you study his infallible word. Thanks for listening.